0: You're listening to Behind the Screens. This is a podcast series created by energy trading company Danske Commodities. Here we dive into the world of energy and energy trading together with our in-house experts. In this episode, we are going to talk about liquidity. As energy prices have reached historically high levels uh, during 21 and 22, energy market participants have experienced an unprecedented pressure on their liquidity. My name is Jens Østergaard, and with me in the studio today is our Head of Treasury, Hele Fisbeck Andreasen.
1: So to be honest, I think we have been in a situation we have never been in before, and we have also uh, been hit by trading limits that we didn't know we had, and uh, we received intraday calls from our clearing banks that we didn't know was possible.
0: And our Head of Treasury and Credit Risk Management, Rasmus Steffensen. Say that
2: we procure gas uh, for a good 300 million euros. We're actually posting an additional quarter of a billion euros just in this margin. So that just comes on top on the commodity you buy.
0: Welcome to both of you. Thank Thank you. you. Uh, Maybe we should start by uh, talking about what your roles are, who you are, and what your roles are in in Danske Commodities, just to get that uh, sorted out. Uh, Hele, if you could uh, start.
1: So yeah, as you mentioned, I am heading up the Treasury Department here in D.C., where we are in a team of in total four persons, and I have been in D.C. for five and a half years now.
0: And uh, you, Asmus? Yeah, so
2: nowadays I have a small handful of positions in in various committees and, and boards, but uh, my primary role is uh, have the overall responsibility for the treasury team and also our credit risk team, including KOC and sanctions. So taking care of counterparty risk.
0: And if we should just talk about the, the treasury function as a whole, what, what is that actually in, in a company like Dance Commodities?
1: In treasury, we act as the in-house bank, uh, and our primary tasks are within liquidity, FX and collateral management. So, on a daily basis, we secure that we have the necessary funding on our accounts and also make sure that we always optimize on our liquidity. So, it is a trade off between having enough cash on the account, but also make sure that we don't have too much in terms of interest rates. Then uh, we also uh, secure that we have enough trading lines with our counterparts. So a lot of our, some of our counterparts require that we are posting collateral in order to trade with them. And here we are responsible for transferring cash deposit or guarantees. And uh, together with the trading teams, we are aligning on making sure that we always have enough lines. And then as the last thing, we take care of the FX exposure and try to make sure that DC is as FX neutral as possible possible.
0: Just to clarify, FX is... Uh...
1: That's the foreign exchange. So we are a euro company. So when we trade in a currency that is not euro, then we have a risk that these currency rates are changing from we do the trade and until the payment date.
0: Moving into uh, to sort of the, uh, the rise in energy prices uh, over the, the past year, we have seen very sharp increases in, in energy prices and also extremely high fluctuations in, in prices as well. How does that uh, impact a trading company like Dance Commodities' need for for liquidity? So first of
2: all, um, there's just the procurement of of the commodity. So say that you're procuring gas, then the pure invoice is going up. That's price and volume. But then uh, as we do our trading, we also have to post a lot of collateral. Much of the trading is done on exchanges, also to avoid counterparty risk, And they require uh, what is called initial margin when you do, when you take up a position. And this is, you can say, in a sense, act as a buffer to secure the exchange's counterparty risk against fluctuation prices. And that has been massive. The exchange is always tempering their uh, appetite for, for risk, of course, and depending on what they have of exposure and also how the market is moving. And we went as high as 75% uh, in the initial margin. So say that we procure gas uh, for a good 300 million euros. We're actually posting an additional quarter of a billion euros just in the initial margin. So that just comes on top on the commodity you buy. And then, of course, you have a position. But if you we're sitting in risk management and you want to safeguard that against the market price movements, so typically we hit the position. And if you do that by forward trading, then you have this strange setup uh, where you procure the gas, let's say for gas storage today and inject it in gas storage, but then you withdraw it at a later point in time, thus having a split between when you have the incoming payment and and the outgoing payment. So that was kind of tough on our our liquidity, given that we operate a big gas storage portfolio for Ekenau. And you could uh, find similar examples on our power trading as well. On top of this uh, pure cost of acquiring the commodity and paying the initial margins, you also have a, um, an entity called variation margin, which is recalibrating the exposure from the exchange side uh, to this before-mentioned uh, buffer, in a sense, of the initial margin. And uh, when you have sold gas and prices going up, you just pay more and more in variation margin. So it has been trades and positions in the money
0: that has just been extremely costly to to keep. And it might be worth uh, noting here that uh, we don't produce the energy. So we buy uh, energy in the market and sell it again in, in the market. So, so when prices go up, we also pay a, a higher price for it. I'd like to hear a little bit uh, uh, more about your work, actually. So, when when prices started to increase uh, in late twenty uh, one, what did DC do? What did you do in the treasury function?
2: So today we can, with a smile on the face, uh, look back and say that there has been a quite a ride, and we're extremely happy to to end up where we are uh, today. And and also the learnings we've had uh, because of of what we've been through the last let's say, last year. But it didn't feel like that at the time. Actually, the first time around when prices went, uh, went up was in September last year. And DC has historically not been that affected uh, or that pressured on our liquidity. But that's not been due to lack of price fluctuations. That's more been our portfolio and the nature of our business. But uh, given the acquisition of Akinor and the business we have onboarded, we now have a slightly different or a much different portfolio. My first concern was actually counterparty risk because that just went through the roof and we tried to um, use some tricks to mitigate that and actually with open eyes on account of taking on liquidity risk and then went fairly okay and we put a lid on the counterparty exposure but when the prices just kept making new headlines so historical prices became new historical prices and new historical prices we had to shift gears. And, uh, and then we looked to our owners in Akinor. A lot of the business uh, we have on the books today is coming from, from their end. So uh, it took a little bit of explanation, but we had to sh- explain how our liquidity need uh, was arisen from these, these activities. Uh, so that took some time and uh, we went through a lot of committees in Akinor and uh, recommendation memo, um, they have to Evaluate everything by tax and um, be compliant to transfer pricing. So it wasn't easy, but finally on Christmas Eve day, we got the last credit facility installment in place, and we were um, finally in a good place. Then the market came down, and we paid back all our loans, and we just managed for a little less than a week to be quite happy about (laughs) uh, last year' the result and how we managed to operate. And then war broke out in Ukraine and what we thought was uh, extremely high prices it turned out to be able to to triple in in a month's time and then we we're back at it so uh, now we we have a credit facility that is um, on par with what Uniper has been uh, bailed out from the german state so we're in a really really good state and we have during this uh, looked at the way we operate and in, uh, integrate with econo so we're part of that cash pool now meaning that we can also set up these transfers uh, ourselves and secure funds within the day, which is also quite important as it's not like the price is moving within a week or a month, but it could be within the day.
0: So what was like, Hill uh, to actually work in the treasury function when all this happened?
1: So it was quite hectic actually, especially in the beginning where we didn't know much about the situation and we didn't have any experience, so we didn't know what to expect. So um, we really found out in this period what tools and reports we were missing. I think we have been in situation we have never been in before, and we have also been hit by trading limits that we didn't know we had and uh, we received intraday calls from our clearing banks that we didn't know was possible. So quite a lot of days we have just dropped everything we had in order to figure out what to do and to handle the situation and luckily we have succeeded in this so that has been really really good and I think in general it has been a really good learning for us. We have learned quite a lot and we are in a much better place today uh, so we are not that challenged when prices move in the same way as we was a year ago. Then we also experienced in this period that we have used a lot of time on talking to our banks. There was quite a high interest from our banks when this situation happened. And of course, they wanted to understand the situation. So here we have also um, talked a lot with them to explain that DC is in a good position, uh, but also what are happening in the market. They needed to understand the fundamentals about it as well.
0: Just to be just to, to be clear, what would it mean for a trading company if there was more limited access to, to funds? What, what would that do to, to the business? So upfront and with perfect foresight, actually not that much. You could
2: just adjust your volumetric metrics to be within your financial strength. But of course, that's easier said than done. And... Uh, we stress our models quite a lot, but sometimes the reality just uh, supersedes the imagination. Uh, and it can also be difficult to operate a business within the stress scenario. Then, then you're tired and, and there's a lot of opportunity cost, so, so you will never do that. And that is exactly what then happens. Then, of course, you, you take on positions and then you may find yourself in a situation all of a sudden where the liquidity is limited and you have to do something. And we manage to secure liquidity and keep the position alive, which is obviously what you want. If, if you can't do that, then you're stopped out uh, is, is the term. And sometimes you see uh, uh, movements in the market where prices shoots up and then they come down again. And that's normally when someone has been uh, tapped out uh, and been forced to close down a position because they couldn't keep up with their collateral payments. And of course that comes with a loss uh, if you're forced out of position. And you could also say that there's uh, an addition to that. So one thing is uh, is just the pure business and, and being able to operate, but there's also a huge cost in not being able to participate. We saw, uh, as prices went further up, that competition was less in some places. So in that sense, it's it's twofold the the cost of not having enough uh, or having limited uh, liquidity.
0: What about uh, moving a lot of money back and forth and and also uh, having, uh, well, you're basically uh, keeping a lot of money in, in a bank account. How does that affect a company to to have that?
1: Yeah, so before this happened, we actually didn't have so much excess liquidity. We tried to keep it at a minimum, also because of we had negative interest rate at that point in time. But because of the situation and the high volatility, we found out that we really needed a high buffer on our account. And that was also before we became part of Equinox Caspool. pool. So here we also needed to draw on our facility actually one or two days before. So we have operated with quite a high buffer and that, of course, has come with a high uh, interest rates as well. So our cost has increased quite a lot also uh, because of this utilization of our facility with Equinor that also due to transfer pricing come with a, a interest rate, of course. So both on the buffer we have on an account and our uh, loan agreements, we have paid quite a lot of interest rates. So it's it's really a trade of how much should you keep on the account in order to manage intraday calls and margin calls, but also how can you optimize your cost and then we actually also experienced end of year last year that one of our bank reached out to us because we simply had too much on our account. Uh, so if we didn't decrease the amount, we would be, uh, they would be adding an extra fee to us. And that was in the situation where, as Rasmus mentioned before, the prices increased quite a lot during December. So we really needed quite a lot of cash, but we still had this issue. So um, But we agreed to decrease it in order to avoid the, the extra fee. Then we also have challenges around the public holidays in Denmark. For example, uh, New Year, that is not a public holiday in the UK. So we are still trading and we still need to settle with our clearing banks. But uh, the banks are closed in Denmark. So here we are always transferring, you can say, a buffer a day before. But last year it was so difficult to predict how much should you transfer because we didn't know uh, (laughs) how the prices went. So um, that has been quite a challenge also to secure trading uh, when the banks in Denmark are closed but trading is open. And then I think finally we have had challenges on our big payment states. So typically we have a lot of AFID contracts which settles the same day. And now with the high prices, uh, the volumes that we are paying and receiving this day has just increased significantly. Uh, But we have a cutoff in our bank where we need to send out the payments from our side but often we don't receive all of our money from our counterparts before that point in time. So that means also we need to have quite a lot on the account just to make sure that we are able to fulfill the, the payment conditions. And when it was a smaller amount, it was not that, that big an issue. But now with the volumes and prices, it's, yeah, that has uh, been a challenge as well.
0: So uh, you already touched upon it a bit, uh, Rasmus, but how are we going to ensure uh, going forward that we actually have the liquidity uh, needed to, to keep trading at the volumes that we would like to trade? Actually, right now, we're in
2: that fortunate position that, that we are really uh, well secured when it comes to liquidity. We have uh, this unbelievable uh, credit facility with Econor. We have a huge bank portfolio, and then we have the uh, more practical cash pool setup. Where we can make transfers, uh, set it up ourselves, and and move uh, funds around within the day. So now we're more concerned about the cost side, uh, and and that's of course nice uh, because uh, our primary function is to make sure that all the wheels are turning and uh, the front of the team can can trade. Perhaps less important, but, but still quite important. When you're in a trading company, uh, a lot of people can put a value to the name, and that's difficult in middle office, but um, we have kept track on the cost savings we made this year by various activities. And um, year to date, it's uh, three times the EBIT of the entire company two years ago. So um, so that that's where we work now, I would say, on, on fine tuning even further.
0: You have been listening to Behind the Screens, a podcast series created by energy trading company Dental Commodities, where we dive into the world of energy and energy trading together with our in-house experts. Be sure to catch our other episodes where you normally listen to podcasts.